party people, and welcome back to You Scared of This, a weekly podcast where two grown-ass adult men, I'm one of them, and, and I am the other, I'm David. Watch every, watch every episode of Nickelodeon's hit horror anthology series for kids from the 90s that you probably enjoyed or didn't. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> well, then... it's a t- well, with this episode, it's probably going to be a very tough call to say whether they enjoyed it or didn't. <laughs> I mean, if they enjoyed it, it had to be with some caveats. Yeah. I mean, it just it depends <laughs> on what you're looking for. Once we watch those episodes, we try to determine whether or not they are still scary. Um, if you have watched this episode, you already know the answer to that question. Uh, but first, introductions. I am Eli Phillips, and with me as always is my best friend, David Dykus. Hey, party people. We're back. We're back, and you're back. You're back from Las Vegas, Dykus. I am back from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where I went with my family as our as part of our belated Christmas celebration. And if if I sound kind of hoarse and kind of shitty, uh, that's why, because I had a long day of traveling between two very different climates. I know that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, Dykus, but uh, I do want to kind of ask you how things went. And before I do that, I want to preface it by saying the last time I remember you gambling was maybe the summer after high school when we all sat around my pool table and used it as a card table to play poker. And you lost all your monies because we discovered in that moment you might have been a gambling addict. Well, I can safely say in the 12 years since then, I do remember that. I really, I vividly remember that. It was like New Year's Eve or something. One thing has changed since then. One has remained the same. Okay. Going to Vegas, I've realized that, yes, I'm definitely still a gambling addict, and I mustn't (laughs) gamble. That's not good. But the thing that has changed is that I've become an awesome gambler since then. Because I was making mad money in Las Vegas, let me tell you. Tell me. I went to Vegas with a 30 in my pocket. I mean, not a 30. There's no such thing as a $30 bill. <laughs> those elusive $30 bills. <laughs> Who's on the 30? It's just you. You printed it. <laughs> 30 dicus bucks. No, I yeah. went with $30 in my pocket, and when all was said and done, I had turned that into $120 playing blackjack. Holy shit. Exclusively playing blackjack. That's incredible. At multiple casinos? I would only play about $10 or $20 at a time. When we were there, my family traveled to almost every casino in town just to, to take it all in and see the sights. They were, were We were there on a sightseeing tour, more or less. But I gambled, and I would just bet $10 at every casino, and 90% of the time I won. So I just slowly... That's amazing. I kept accruing tens of dollars along over the course of the trip until finally, like, I had mad money. Oh, man. You and me gotta go to Vegas together sometime. Oh, I, I'm just itching to go back. I, I need to turn oh, that 120 I, into, into, like... <laughs> 480. I'm sure you are itching, like literally itching to go back. Your gambling addiction is just slowly taking over. Like just having this conversation, my foot has started twitching involuntarily. (laughs) Knowing like how intense you get when gambling and knowing how anxious you are every other moment of your life. This is a very scary thing. (laughs) Oh, it felt good. It felt real good. We have to move on from this topic before you start making bets with me. Well, anyway, Vegas was a lot of fun. I'd never been before. It's a lot to take in. It's sort of overwhelming, especially going there at night. Uh, but it was it was great. Well, good. I'm I'm glad that you and the Dykus family had a good time. Eli, how have you been? Uh, I've been fine. P 
Period. Did you go to Vegas? <laughs> no. I didn't think so. I didn't turn any money into anything. Well, then I guess let's move on. <laughs> well, then I guess you win. <laughs> uh, no, let's let's move on to much less happy topics, and by that I mean this week's episode. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I guess I guess it's a happy thing, although not a good thing. I <laughs> much like your gambling. Let Let's get to it. This week we are reviewing episode number seventy one of Are You Afraid of the Dark, an episode that I have been looking forward to for a very very long time. The Tale of Jake, Jake the, the Snake. Snake. Yeah. The Tale of Jake the Snake is the sixth episode of the new batch. This is our first episode from Mark Solard. Yeah, so we will uh, see how that goes. Mark's going to be coming back, I think, like eight other times. Oh, God. Yeah. And this originally aired on March 20th, 1999. So let's, uh, let's dive right into this one. As we will find out shortly this is a tucker story but we don't meet tucker right when the episode starts out the only person at the campfire when the episode opens is andy yep andy wanders up to the campfire but doesn't see anyone there and he looks around terrified wondering where all his friends are when suddenly for no reason they all burst out of the trees and scare the shit out of him (laughs) tucker is particularly terrifying as he's wearing a what looks like a bloody hockey mask. Yeah, he's wearing like a goalie mask. And I think it even has a snake painted on it. Like one of those coral snakes. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. Andy, being a wuss, shrugs this off and says that it's okay and he's not mad. I really liked this scene, actually. Now, it's right here. I know I don't want to dwell on the Midnight Society stuff for too long. I hate when we do that. But Quinn has a line here. The first of many baffling moments in this episode. This episode makes very liberal use of slang, as though it was written by a tween who was just trying on using what they thought were cool words. What does he actually say? You got the episode pulled up. What does he actually say here? He's like, oh my gosh, let me turn up the audio. Whoa, rewind. Tucker just gassed you nasty and you're not ticked? (laughs) He says, he says. (laughs) They just gassed you nasty. I swear to God, I'm going to try to use that in casual conversation. I think he says, gas to you. He says, gas to you, nasty, and you're not ticked. He also says, whoa, rewind. So, like, maybe one out of every three <laughs> words out of his mouth is is not slang. <laughs> what the fuck? I swear I'm going to use that in every episode from now on. There's going to be a I look moment where someone gasses their nasty. <laughs> Oh, man. But the point of all this, uh, Andy is not upset that Tucker is gassed is nasty because they're friends and that makes that means Andy has to be a doormat. Yes. I really enjoy Vange's retort to uh, Quinn's bizarre statement here. She says, friends are like that, Quinn. If you ever get one, you'll know. I really like that they, again, have positioned him as the Frank slash Eric of this group, where he's just an asshole and everyone else knows he's an asshole. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, they talk very briefly about how Andy forgives Tucker, and Tucker says, "That's that's what my story is about. Megan says, I thought your story was about hockey. And he says, oh, it is, but it's also about friendship because friends stick to stick by each other and they help each other and they forgive each other. And my story is about what would you do if your friend was at home crying all... No, what would you do if your friend was in danger and you had to help him? He says, the question is, would you? you. 
<laughs> Just going to get that one stuck in your head. It is. So he says, what would you do if your friend was in danger? Would you help them? And then he throws the coffee creamer on the fire to kick off the tale of Jake the Snake. And true to his word, the tale of Jake the Snake starts with hockey. Yep. We get an intense, an intense hockey montage. Just a bunch of teenagers out on the ice, knocking the old pigskin around, or whatever you call yep. a hockey puck. What do you call Is there slang for a hockey puck? I haven't watched uh, Mighty Ducks in a, long, in a long time, so I don't... Actually, that's not true. I haven't paid attention to Mighty Ducks in a long time, so I don't know. Slang for hockey puck. Hockey puck lingo. They call it a biscuit. A biscuit. Accor- according to this website called thehockeywriters.com. Sounds legit to me. I kind of like that one. All right, they're they're knocking the old biscuit around. Yep. I'm gonna start pulling some other terminology from this list. Uh, nice. Just chirping and going coast to coast with their dingers. <laughs> Just gassing their nasties. <laughs> oh, it never stops being funny. Uh, all right, so we so anyway we, see we meet a bunch our two... of kids out on the rink playing hockey. Uh, we're told that these are the tryouts for the high school team, and it's here that we meet our two young protagonists. Our main young protagonist, whose name is Wiley, and his best friend Zach. Uh, the two of them are trying out for the hockey team, and Wiley's not doing so good. Wiley, it turns out, is a terrible hockey player. He's, Which Zach tells him at certain points. He's just missing left and right. He gets socked in the nose, and his nose starts bleeding. He gets sent off the ice. Can Go we ahead. talk about the fact that he gets made fun of by a guy named Duchamp? Duchamp. Oh yeah. There's a there's a Top Gun esque rivalry between between Wiley, Wiley and this Duchamp guy who breaks his nose. Yeah, he breaks Wiley's nose. Wiley's complaining about not doing well. Zach is trying to encourage him and tell him that you know he'll do better, and. Uh, how I don't even remember. How does Wiley end up bumping into into this mysterious hooded figure in the basement? Don't know. Yeah, is is it when he's going to clean up his nose, like he's looking for a bandage or something? Yeah, we just transition from the kids in the locker room getting cleaned up to Wiley wandering down into this like lost abandoned corner of the locker room and through a a pane glass window, he is he's approached by a shadowy figure. It looks like he's talking to a a death eater. Yes, it definitely looks like he's talking to a Death Eater. And this Death Eater says, Hey kid, you suck, but you don't have to suck. You could be better than that. You could be like Jake the Snake. And he's like, who the fuck's Jake the Snake? And he's like, he's a hockey player who sucked. And then he got a better stick, and it gave him a better attitude. He got himself a new stick. It gave him a whole new attitude. And he cleaned house. New stick? That's it? This wasn't just any stick. This stick had magic in it. It's so weird seeing this this hooded, like, mystical figure talking about, like, hockey, and he doesn't use the same casual slang that a lot of the kids do, but, like, it feels like he's such a mystical character talking about such mundane stuff. Anyway, this magical man tells Wiley that all of Jake the Snake's stuff, including his magical hockey stick, all of it is still in the basement, and it's there for the taking. Also, I just... Not to reveal my mind as being too deep in the gutter, but they, they keep talking about this this stick. <laughs> and he says the, the the hooded figure says that like, oh, he was he used the stick and it was magic. So I'm just going to refer to this hockey stick as the magic stick from here on out. Yeah, all right, I can accept that. 
So while he goes down into the boiler room of this school, and sure enough, he finds crates and boxes full of old abandoned hockey gear. It's also littered with, like, snakeskins and rats. Yeah, there's, like, a rat trap that is covered in fur. It's one of those glue traps, and this gave me horrible flashbacks. To what? To my rat infestation. Oh, yeah, oh gosh, I forgot about that. This was a real rough episode for me. But Wiley finds the magic stick, and as soon as he touches it, magic happens, and boxes start falling over, and Wiley runs for his life. But as soon as he starts playing with it, he realizes he is now an awesome, kick-ass hockey player. Now he is the Jake the Snake. The next day, Wiley goes to tryouts again, and oh my god, the music gets awesome, because it is time for a hockey montage. Let's just let's just have a listen to the, some of that funky fresh bass right about now. So after this exciting practice where Wiley's just kicking ass and chewing bubblegum, he and Zach return to the locker room. Wiley has made the team, but Zach has gotten cut. Oh no. And as soon as Wiley finds out he's made the team, he cuts Zach right the fuck off. And he's just broing it up with, what's his name? Ducamp? Duchamp. Yeah, Marcel. <laughs> yeah, they're just chest bumping <laughs> and, like, bulge bumping and just having, they're the best of, of bros. Magic stick bumping. <laughs> he even uh, says, he looks at Zach and he's like, oh, I guess I took your spot on the team. Like... I guess, because he's, I mean, technically, Wiley's name was at the very bottom of the list, so yeah, assuming like, the next the yeah. next person would have been Zach, then yeah, I guess he did. But, like, what a dick thing to point out. It wasn't him specifically who took Zach's spot on the team. I don't know. Uh, really quickly, we need to uh, cue up my favorite music on our show and talk about the random observation of crap in the background of the week. Oh, Lord, I didn't see anything this week. What, what have you got for me? I actually can't take credit for this one. This one is from the Campfire Companion, uh, Jose Prendes book on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Jose was a guest on our show a while back, if you may remember. And actually, this episode is kind of a special one uh, to him. We had a, an extended conversation about it when we interviewed him. Um, Jose despised <laughs> this episode. He, he listed this as his least favorite episode. And we'll talk more about that at the end of our show. Uh, but Jose points out that on the list of, uh, of names of people who actually made the team is Ned Candle, and Ned, if you'll remember from our interview with DJ, was the person who DJ conceived the show with, so uh, we should we should point that out, that his name is on the list here. So we get this sequence in the locker room, Wiley goes home, just on top of the world, he's a kick-ass hockey player now that he has his, as he's been telling everyone with a near shot, a new stick and a new attitude. Yeah. Wiley climbs into bed with the hockey stick! He sleeps with this thing. And this is when the this is when the episode takes it up to the next level. Yeah, this is uh, oh my God. maybe this is what I thought was going to be the most buckwild scene in the whole show. Oh no! Well, I thought the same thing. Wiley goes to sleep, and through the magic of some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in my entire life, his magic stick t- <laughs> as he sleeps turns the, into a cobra. The magic stick turns into a cobra. And what kind of cobra? Is it like a photorealistic one? No. Do they have it kind of morph Michael Jackson black or white style into a real cobra? No, no, no. This turns into the worst CGI snake I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, this turns into like an antagonist from Banjo-Kazooie or something. This thing must have been on loan from the set of Beast Wars. (laughs) (laughs) 
that is what it looks like. It's that it's that same animation style. Maybe it was that actually that animation company. Um, this, this Cobra, this King Cobra, does the the little King Cobra dance in the air for a few seconds to give us a chance to really appreciate it, and then it lunges off screen and bites Wiley. And Wiley wakes up. It seems like it was all a dream, but but it wasn't a dream. It really happened. <laughs> Wiley looks down and uh, I guess this happened earlier in the episode, but anyway, he looks at his arm and notices that it's covered in a horrible scaly rash. And I think that's where we hit our commercial break. Beast Wars! New giant Megatron! New giant Tigerhawk! Triple the might! Triple the terror! Without change, there is no victory! New Megatron and new Tigerhawk, each sold separately. The next day, Wiley has turned into a super douche, just like his teammates. He's sitting at lunch with the hockey team. His best friend Zach tries to sit down with him, and Wiley just casually kicks him right the fuck out. I mean, Wiley's not the one that does it. It's definitely Duchamp that that kicks him out, but Wiley doesn't stop him from doing it. Wiley's totally the one that does it. He tells him outright, you can't sit here. This is for hockey players only. What are you doing? Eating. What are you doing? Look around. What's wrong with this picture? Dushan hasn't dropped any food on his shirt yet. No, don't you get it? This is a team table, and you're not on the team. You can't sit here. <laughs> yeah, right. That's uh, very funny. You see anyone laughing? Oh, you're right. Shit, it is him. Zach gets a few good pot shots in at the other hockey players, but he still uh, relents and gets up from the table. Now we know Wiley is just the world's biggest dick with his magic stick. Zach leaves the table, and we kind of cut immediately to Zach in the science room, I guess? He's in the science lab. It's a big-ass lab. Where he's performing some sort of, like, drug testing or something on a rat? Or, like, an experiment? Yeah, he's talking to a rat inside of, like, a little hamster cage with tubes and stuff. Wiley invites himself in here to, to... to egg on Zack a little bit more, Zack points out that Wiley's rash on his arm is getting really, really bad. Yeah, he's like, you need to go to a doctor, something's fucking wrong with you. And while he's saying all of this, Wiley is in the background, impulsively contemplating eating one of the lab rats. Yeah, he start, it, starts, it starts off almost sexual, that he's like, oh, you're such a pretty rat. Hi, Puzzler. You're kind of cute. Aw, oh, yes. I like you, Puzzler. I like you a lot. And before he can lower the rat into his mouth, Zack turns around and asks, What the fuck are you doing? Wiley kind of snaps out of it, and he's like, One second, I was just, like, petting this rat. And the next second, it was like something took me over. And once again, the camera kind of focuses on the scales on his arms. I will say, this is as close as this episode, I think, gets to being... This episode's never scary, but the shots of, of Wiley peeling skin off his arms are certainly grotesque. Yeah, there's sort of a the fly esque body horror thing mm-hmm. happening here. Yeah, uh, when he peels the skin off in this scene, the makeup department has actually done a pretty good job. He has scales under it, and they don't look fake. It's not like someone just took actual snake scales and like pasted them onto his arm. They kind of blend in with his skin. Like they're snake scales, but they're flesh colored. It really makes the transformation seem legitimate, and I thought it was pretty gross. It is gross. It's like that. That is the one thing that is consistently well done in this episode. He uh, he goes down to the basement. He's decided that he's frustrated by this gross ass transformation. So he goes down to have a conversation with Snake Guy again, 
And while he's having this conversation, we see that Zach hides in the shadows and, and eavesdrops on this conversation between Wiley and and the Death Eater. Wiley's like, hey, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm turning into a snake. Death Eater is like, tough shit, my dude. You got to keep playing with that stick. It's what made you great. We get another hilarious line from this this shrouded, veiled, magical figure who says, yeah, but- You can be great, Wiley. Greater than anyone that's ever played. You could even be a pro. There's something about him using the term a pro just really made me laugh. Once again, yeah, robed figure discussing sports like this is is pretty campy. <laughs> but when Wiley leaves, Zack confronts this this evil hooded figure and wants to know what the deal is. And this is where we get a massive exposition drop that is incredibly lazy. Yes. Yes, we do. This is like... 90s Lord Voldemort effects happening. Uh, yeah, Zack f- lets himself down into the, the spooky boiler room basement and confronts the hood fi- hooded figure who reveals himself as Jake the Snake. And when I say he reveals himself, he steps into the light and we finally get a good look at him. And oh my god. <laughs> Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Jake the snake. His face looks so stupid. He has snake eyes. Like, he definitely has actual slits for eyes. But he has, again, like Voldemort, sort of no nose. Yeah, it, he's like, I have it in my notes here. He is a poor, poor man's Voldemort. He looks like he looks more like a cat than he does a snake to me. Like, the way that his face is shaped does not really work. And the way that his mouth is animated does not really work. I was going to ask you, what is going on with his face? Is this CGI? Is it, like, um, a mask of some sort? What is this? So it's definitely a person wearing a mask, and on top of that, they have placed an animated mouth. They've, like, rotoscoped in a CGI mouth on top of his face, and it doesn't really sit naturally. (laughs) That's that's putting it very kindly. This looks terrible. It looks like his features are just floating in blackness, kind of. It's not going to translate over the podcast. I laughed so hard when I saw this. Yeah. But yeah, Jake, having having revealed his true identity, Jake gives this huge exposition dump where he talks about how he was the first person to use the stick. It turned him into a snake. He's been passing the stick along to other kids and turning them into snakes that he keeps in a big snake pit. He reveals that he has this huge Raiders of the Lost Ark-style dungeon full of snake where he's like feeding them rats and feeding them children why is he doing this like what is what is his end goal i know he wants to turn wily into a snake but once he's got a pit full of snakes like what's he gonna do with them no idea we never know so he says he throws the he throws the snake pit collective a rat to eat and he's like it's just a snack for them they could use something a little bit bigger and then he lunges at zach zach throws a hockey goal net uh, down on the ground between them and escapes and he runs to find Wiley and he explains all this to Wiley who takes it all pretty well all things considered yeah Wiley's like oh you talked to the snake man did he tell you that I could go pro and it's like dude your priorities are real fucked up right now like your face is falling off we get another one of my favorite lines of the episode answer me this if Jake the snake was the greatest how come nobody ever heard of him? 
because he turned into a nasty snake creature, that's why. We should point out, Wiley, at this point, Wiley's face is starting to fall off. Yeah, he's putting on zit cream, and Zach's like, those aren't zits, man. They're definitely not. God, Wiley's so stupid. He's, he's under a spell. So Zach finally wrestles the stick away from Wiley, who has a serious case of snake face. He locks Wiley in the closet, uh, and then he runs back to the basement. Which, when he locks Wiley in the closet, it looked like he was locking him in the closet in, like, Wiley's bedroom. He gets to the basement, and he decides he's gonna confront Lord Voldemort with the stick, and he's gonna destroy it. He fucks up. Yeah, Zack tries to destroy the snick. The snick. Zack tries to destroy the s- No, Zack! The stick. Not my snick. He tries to destroy the stick, but he's attacked by Nagini in the basement. This huge, yeah. like- Anaconda just pops out of nowhere and drags Zack into the ventilation duct to be fed to the, the snake pit. And Wiley shows up, tries to save Zack, he's too late. So Jake now has Zack in his clutches. Jake the snake, like a fucking moron, has a needlessly elaborate pulley system in place in his, his dungeon so he can slowly lower Zack into the snake pit. But once again, Wiley shows up just in the nick of time to save the day. And... The episode just gives you one final awesome, terrible moment to go out on. You talking about when he hits that biscuit? As Zack is being lowered into the pit, it switches to slow motion. He sees Wiley show up. The video goes into slow motion, but the sound also, like, pitches down. (laughs) (laughs) And we get him saying, Wiley, how? Wiley, And how does Wiley Wiley save the day here? But he finds a random errant hockey puck sitting on the ground, whips out his magic stick, whacks that thing as hard as he can, and just hits Jake the Snake in the side of the head with the (laughs) hockey puck, causing him to fall into his own snake pit. Yeah, I like this part because it seems very obvious to me that the the actor who plays Jake the Snake is not in the robe when it gets hit by the hockey puck. It like, looks terrible! <laughs> they've got a mannequin with a maybe like a pillow stuffed in his hood. <laughs> <laughs> because half of his brain has to collapse when it gets hit. That's <laughs> so bad! But then, that's not even the end of it! Because Jake has used this- because, I should say, Wiley has used the stick one time too many, the transformation is going to to, to complete itself and he's going to turn into a full-on snake man. Zack frees himself, grabs the magic stick, and snaps it in two over his knee, which he should have done, like, 20 minutes earlier in the episode. But yeah, he should have done it right when he locked Wiley in the closet. Yes, but as soon as he snaps the hockey stick in two, it turns into the the awesome CGI Cobra again. Thinking quickly, keeps just holds onto the snake as hard as he can, runs over to the furnace and throws a live snake into the fire, and then fist pumps himself. <laughs> he throws it into the fire and he's like, score. Oh gosh, this is making me. It's. I can't. I can't. Oh, this is the best episode ever. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, so, so much boys... this. Wiley has been cured of his snakeism. He's fine. Jake points out, or, uh, god damn it. Zach points out 
that Wiley is now a terrible player again and that Duchamp is going to give him hell for it. They leave. We see Jake the Snake start to crawl out of his snake pit, but it doesn't matter. Back to the Midnight Society. Nothing matters anymore. Yeah, we cut back to the Midnight Society. Uh, We get sort of a cliche fake-out ending. Everyone except Andy says, good job to Tucker. They all tell him it was a great story because... I guess Tucker's rich, maybe? Like, I'm not sure what their motivation is for lying to him here. I don't know. Um, I, how did he describe this? Was Tucker <laughs> sitting there saying, like, talking about how the, the scene went into slow motion for a second? Do you think he actually spoke the line the way I did, where he was like, Wiley, help! Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the hockey stick turns into a really shitty-looking snake. <laughs> Cut to the insert shots of the Midnight Society looking fascinated. <laughs> They've never heard someone describe CGI so accurately. Uh, so anyway, Andy is missing. Nobody knows where he is. Something starts moving in the trees, and Quinn's like, oh my gosh, this is so lame. Like, Andy, come out. We all know it's you. And then from the other side of the campfire, Andy appears and says, who are you talking to, Quinn? And Quinn realizes, oh shit, it's not Andy. And everyone, including Andy, runs off terrified. So I guess and there's actually a Bigfoot in the woods? <laughs> Yeah, because we never find out what is scaring them. They all run off as we pan to the uh, the snake hockey mask. Funky-ass theme song. Funky-ass theme song. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the tale of Jake the motherfucking snake. Best episode ever. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know where to begin. When, okay, right, well, uh, well, I do know where to begin. I said I was looking forward to this. When we talked to Jose, as you alluded to earlier, he warned us that this was one of his least favorite episodes. And if we're judging this objectively, if we're judging this in terms of, like, the story-making sense, the special effects, all the number of, like, reasonable criteria... This was terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. It comes close to having an okay plot. Like, kid wants to be better at hockey and basically makes a deal for his soul to get a magic hockey stick that, you know, slowly corrupts him. That's not bad. It's not scary, but it's not bad. Um, the body horror stuff of someone slowly transforming into a snake. Also pretty good. Putting those two things together. Very weird. Having a shitty-looking Voldemort, a poor choice, CGI snake, shouldn't have done it. Like, there are so many bad things about this episode, but they are what we would have, we would probably classify if we were using the Flophouse scale, good-bad, right? I don't know, this may have been an episode I kind of liked. No, <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm kidding, no, this is, this is the best good-bad episode. This, everything about this just doesn't make sense. Why is this snake elemental using hockey to lure kids into his basement with a magical hockey stick? Why did they use the special effects that they did? Why did, why is any of this, why, why is this? Why is it, Eli? It makes, like, what could have possibly motivated Alan Kinsberg to throw these disparate elements into an episode together it's like he has a dartboard where he just writes down every interesting visual or theme that he wants to put into an episode and then just casually like throws darts and puts them together mad lib style well it's like he snipped a bunch of cocaine before he did that (laughs) 
This episode is a delight from start to finish. Every moment where you think it can't possibly get any sillier, it does. All the way up to the bitter end where a Bigfoot shows up and scares away the Midnight Society. This is the most ludicrous episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark we've had in a long time. I would dare say maybe ever. You know, we, we talked about it being good, bad, and it being like delightfully terrible. This episode does a few things well. It None of the acting in it is as bad as anything else we've seen this season, right? No, the acting's fine. There's there's nothing wrong. Actually, you know what? Wiley and Zach are both pretty convincing as as best friends, despite, even when Wiley becomes a super asshole snake man. Wiley could have gone way over the top as the asshole. Like, we've had so many cartoonishly over-the-top dickheads in this show, and Wiley never really gets there. He really does sort of just act like that person you were friends with in school who then quit being your friend and turned into a... Uh, you know, a turd. Yeah. And, and and had the acting been worse, I don't know, maybe it would have made this episode even more good bad if it had been bad enough acting. Uh, but the acting's good enough to not make me, like, cringe or feel uncomfortable. This episode is never exactly boring. Like, whenever there's a scene that doesn't have a weird snake man or a bad CGI snake, it at least has a character peeling skin off of their face or threatening to eat a little white mouse. It's pretty crazy. So it doesn't ever get boring. And the stupidity of it is at least laughable and enjoyable. It's compelling. Um, Yeah. I think about the tale of the vacant lot, which was an episode that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me plot wise. And, Character motivations weren't really there. You know, there were a lot of... And it was boring on top of all of that. This doesn't suffer from the boringness. So at least it's it's visually interesting and the acting is good. But it is absolutely, unequivocally stupid. Even though this episode was not about Jake the Snake the Wrestler, which seems like it obviously <laughs> should have been, even though it was not a continuation of the story of Jake from Jake and the Leprechaun, which it obviously should have been... <laughs> How, hold on. How could you... How could you reconcile the fact that it should have been both of those things? Like, how can it be about Jake the Snake and be a sequel to Jake and the Leprechaun? Does Jake from Jake and the Leprechaun grow up to be Jake the Snake? The kid from Jake and the Leprechaun grew up to be Jake the Snake, the hockey player. And yeah, at the end of it, he like in Jose's book, he says he wanted Jake the Snake, the wrestler, to show up at the end and save the day. And I would have killed for that to have happened. (laughs) Just Jake DDTing Snake Man left and right. Uh, fan headcanon aside, we still have one question that we've got to ask. So, Dykus, did this episode guess you're nasty? <laughs> Just damn you. I had to get it in. I had to get it in one more time. Dykus, are you scared of this? This tickled my magic stick. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. This is the feel-good episode of, of season six. I cannot be scared of this. This was a joy from, as I said, this was a joy from start to finish. And if you're going to watch one episode from season six, make it this one. I don't care how good the other episodes are. Watch Jake the Snake. Uh, it was it was delightfully bad. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, uh, I should say obviously I'm not scared of this either. Uh, and with that out of the way, I feel like we can maybe close the book on the tale of Jake the Snake. What a, what a tale. What a tale. Before we move on, I do want to say we had originally planned on reviewing this episode with Jose, 
Um, you know, we'd had a lot of fun with him laughing about it. He wasn't able to make it, which uh, obviously was very sad to us. We've been looking forward to that for a while. Uh, he had some family stuff that he had to deal with. So, you know, obviously best wishes to him on yes. that. And, uh, and thanks for giving us the, the setup for this wonderful experience. With all of that out of the way, we should talk about what we've got coming up next week, which is episode 72 of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Hunted. Yep, The Tale of the Hunted, which is going to be an Andy story. and I have Our no second Andy story. Second Andy story. Uh, no idea what to expect from this one. I, I, this is going to be a hard act to follow, The Tale of Jake the Snake, but we'll see if Andy is up to the task. Yeah. Until then, we want to thank everybody for listening. You can find us all over the internet. Facebook.com slash you scared of this. Twitter.com slash you scared of this. Soundcloud.com slash you scared of this, where you can hear all of our back catalog. And of course, if you're listening on Apple Music or Google or Google Play, <clears throat> uh, if you want to leave us a rating or review or just share with your friends the word the good word of you scared of this, we would really, really appreciate it. And we thank everyone for joining us for this very special episode. <laughs> Uh, with all of that out of the way, I hereby declare this episode of You Scared of This closed. I hereby declare my nasties gas. <laughs> you. Is that like farting night, on someone's folks. chunk? <laughs> Beethoven fart on this guy's wiener. <laughs>